Continuing, yesterday we began the 18th parak, parak chai of Shabbat, continuing in Yanim of Muksa. Now we are in parak 18, Mishnah base. Chavile kash, vechavile etzim, vechavile zronim. Bundles of straw, bundles of twigs, and bundles of young, soft shoots of plants. Im hitkinon l'machal behema. If he had prepared them to be animal food, food for his animal, then he can handle them on Shabbat. They are not muksa because they are designated as animal food. Vim love, if they were not pre-designated, he may not handle them. They are muksa. As typically, these items are also firewood, and that would definitely be muksa. Mishnah continues, Kofin at the soul, Lifne Efrochim. You can overturn a basket in front of the chicks, the little chickens. They can go in and out of their coop. Now, the Bartonura here says this is not mevatel kli mechechanu. This is not undoing the ability to use this basket because the, chick, the, the chicks are just uh, stopping on the basket as a step. They're not staying there on Shabbos. So it's not mevatel your kli. It's not stuck as we had earlier, like the oil dripping into a bowl on Shabbat would be mevatel the kli. Now it's stuck. Now you can't use it. Uh, there's another issue the Bartonura brings up is the Gemara brings that Rebbe Yitzhak said you could only move a kli for its own use. And this is not really using the kli. The, the, the chicks are just hopping on the back of it. So he says, according to that opinion, that would be he needed the place. The, this basket was somewhere where he needed it, so he could move it. And since he could move it anyway, he could put it wherever he wanted, even in a place where it would help the chicks go up and down. The mission continues, Tardagolet Shabarcha, the chickens running away, Dochin Ata, you can push on it, but again, you cannot pick it up. It's muksa. Living animals are muksa on Shabbos. So it could be touched and pushed to coerce it back to the pen uh, or the, the chatzar, but not picked up. Medodin agolin, you can help uh, assist in walking calves, sayochin, or foals, in the public domain. So the Bartner explains what is he doing here is these are young animals that don't know how to walk very well. So he's ochez bitzavaro. He holds on to its neck and its sides, and he's kind of dragging and pushing, and he's, he's assisting it, and pushing on the feet. So you're not picking up this animal. You're not moving the animal, but you're, you're kind of nudging it while you're pushing on the feet and the neck in a way where it's going to come to walk by itself. The Mishnah continues with a perhaps a more practical example. Isha medodo et bno. A woman can help her son to walk. Amar Yehuda Eimatai. When does this halacha apply? When the child can pick up one foot and then put down the other foot. But she has to drag him. Usher. So if this child can lift up his own feet and she's holding his hands or she's supporting him, so he's able to walk on his own, but the walking motion he's able to do, that's fine. But if she has to drag him, that's like carrying in the Rishav Sarabing, and would be Aser. Now I continue with a similar theme in Mishnah Gimel. Ein miyoldin et behema biyomtov. And certainly not on Shabbat, so we cannot deliver the child of an animal on Yom Tov or on Shabbat, where we mean moshchin havlad, is what Barter says, pull it out of the animal. Vomisodin, but when the animal is actually in labor and pushing the baby out herself, then you can support the mother and the child, the calf, so they uh, don't fall on the ground and hit their heads, so they, you know, the, the delivery goes more smoothly. But you can assist and deliver also the child of a human woman 
on Shabbat, and you can even summon a midwife to assist her in giving birth from another place, from beyond the Tchum Shabbos. You know, you could drive a wagon over there and go pick her up, pick up the midwife and bring her over. And violate Shabbat on her behalf. And tie off the umbilical cord on Shabbat. So that implies also uh, Rabbi Yossi Omer, he adds afchotin, you can cut the umbilical cord. So what, one says you could tie it off uh, and then it will, you know, kind of break by itself. The other one says you could even cut it and then of course they would tie it too. It's amazing in Parshat Shemot, we see the importance of midwives, that the Jewish midwives in Egypt were assisting uh, the Jewish population to give birth, even though Paro was telling them to commit infanticide and they weren't going along with Paro. And the psukim, the psukim there say in Shemot that Hashem did good for the Jewish midwives and the Jews increased in population. So how is that good for them? More business, but also such a nachas, such as what a, what a job has such a nachas of helping children come into the world. It's a beautiful thing. The Bartonura here goes into some practical halachot of violating Shabbat. He gives, based on his understanding, you know, once a woman goes into labor, you can violate Shabbat, even if she doesn't say she needs it. And for the next seven days after delivery, if she says she needs something, then you can break Shabbos, violate Shabbos. But if she doesn't say you shouldn't violate Shabbos, better to, to have a, a nochri to do it, to have a non-Jew do it. Uh, but for practical psakalacha, please consult your local Orthodox rabbi and your local posek, because there are complex halachot. In general, yes, we do violate the Sabbath to help a woman who's in labor. It's considered cholish yesh posakana. It's considered there's an element of danger in such a situation. Uh, but for specific guidance, please consult your specific rav. The missionary continues, Any needs of circumcision, of bris mila, we do on Shabbat. And we're going to see tomorrow in the next chapter all about that.